Alright, what's going on guys? We're back on a beautiful Friday afternoon, mastering mitzvahs, and this episode is almost as old as I am. So episode 35, rocking and rolling. Um, and you know what? It's been a cool couple of weeks. We've been going over some really great topics, and I think today is a topic that is going to not disappoint. So we're going to get right into it with my partner in crime, Mr. Mike Langsner, DJ Michael T., and we're going to talk about timelines today, man. I actually think it's a while since you and I have done a podcast just ourselves. We've had Dylan on the last couple. We've had That's some guests. True. You've been traveling. This That's is true. the first time it's just you and me. It's a minute. It's been one-on-one. Yeah, man. All right, so we're going to talk about timelines. And there's so many different directions that we can start with this. But I, let me just throw out a couple things. Who should be making the timeline? Is it the event planner? Is it the venue? Is it the DJ? That's one of the things I think we should get to in this podcast. And that's big, man. That that's huge. And and just as a disclaimer, you know, this isn't the be all end all to the way that your event should should lay out. But you know, um, I think we've been around the block once or twice to know that it's got to be a team effort, right? Right, right, all right. So let's talk about that. I also want to talk about what is an appropriate timeline, and also when a client or when a family wants to do something unique. Uh, you know. We've heard of the never-ending cocktail hour parties, which I just talked to somebody about earlier today. La Ora Loca, the crazy hour. The, the La Ora Oca Loca, I can't even say it, La Ora Loca. And then there's also the uh, the abbreviated cocktail hour. I mean, I I can think vividly of a conversation not too long ago that the client didn't want a cocktail hour and wanted right. to get right into the party. And let's talk about how that could affect... Yeah, the a, goods, the bads, event. the pros and cons, man. Uh, and I think if we just start in those two areas, we're going to be all over the place. And I like it, man. So you want to kick it off? What are you feeling? I'm thinking who should make the timeline. Okay. Okay. The first answer that I'm going to give you is whoever is the most experienced and sees the vision correctly. So as a family member, as a host, if you're working with an event planner, you think the planner totally grasps your vision, then trust them to put a timeline together. Right. And that's a big thing that we talk about too, Mike, from... You know, cast to cast, and and regardless of what you're doing, is trust is a huge thing. You know, you're spending a lump sum of money to create these incredible events that only happen once, man. And like, you know, that's a big thing. Is that if you're gonna shell out the loot, put some trust into your vendors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like putting together a timeline as an entertainer. Mm -hmm. You know, I like spending a lot of time with my clients, ask them what their vision is, and you know, they want to dance or they want us to do. You know, we, we have a party coming up that's very scripted in regards to, like, we're literally putting on, like, a show. Right. The food is very important, but the food timeline is not as important to this family. Um, they're more interested in the flow of the night making sense with their script, and, and it really is a scripted party. Yeah. So in that case, I think the entertainment has to do the timeline. Um, you know, we couldn't rely on a caterer, but, you know, thinking of caterers... There, there are some venues that just knock it out of the park and do yep. it so well. And, I mean, we don't even have to put a timeline together. We walk in and we know what to expect. It's going to be great. But then, and, and that's also from countless events going yeah. back and forth, too, to where, you know, that those spots and, and you know, they kind of have a great feel for us and, and vice versa to where it really is a mesh of, hey, we, we're going to get our food out and make sure that it's good, but we also understand and respect the fact that, you know, this family wants to turn up. Right. And, and let's talk about the opposite because right. that's truth. I mean, we know certain venues that just – want to rush all the food courses so that they can clean up and get out quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where we suggest that we put a timeline together, we share it with the family, they sign off in it, and then we send it to the venue. This is the timeline that Mr. and Mrs. Smith want. Right. And not so much that it's clean up and get out early, as you said, Mike. I think that I think what we were going for, too, is that, you know, when you, see, you hit the nail on the head in the beginning is that... If you have, uh, you know, vendors that are experienced in certain, you know, genres, like, you know, how many times have we walked into a hall that is 
totally known for their weddings, but that family's doing a bar mitzvah. Then. Yes, correct. You know what I mean? So it's not that they're trying to rush them out. It's just that they're so you know accustomed to one style of event right. that they don't really know that there might be a better flow. Yeah, uh, you might be trying to sugarcoat what I said. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm reading between the lines, but you know I do feel like to have a successful end of a party, right. dessert should be served roughly an hour before the end. Okay, forty-five yeah. minutes to an hour. Have yeah. your dessert. Then let's rock the next 45 minutes on the dance floor. Well, let's call it what it is. You know, when dessert time hits, for, for some reason in everybody's brain, that mental switch goes off that uh, it's the end of the party. Right. You know, so they're like, ah, oh, hey, you know, uh, we, we came from out of state, so let's beat the traffic, you know, which is all, you know, real life stuff. And we understand that. But, you know, like you said, you want that energy going right to the end. You want people to really so, dance so, out so of So my, my point, my comment about, you know, they want to clean up and get yep. out is really like when the venue wants to serve dessert two hours before the mm-hmm. end. It's so that they could really do all the dishes, clean up, send the chef home, and, you know, I can't think of any other reason, so... The power's off and we're still loading out. (laughs) We're having a hard time, though, with the two-hour dance set at the very end. No matter how great we are, it's hard to dance people for two straight hours without any... Well, even even equated to going out, uh, taking a night out to go out on the town, man. Like you go out to a nice lounge or a, a club setting to dance. I mean, you're you're breaking that night up. You might be there for four or five hours, but you're breaking that night up with drinks, with conversation, right. with you know, like there's there's breaks in there. You're right. not just going hard for right. those two hours. No. Um, so you know that that's part of the puzzle. So who should be putting the timeline together? Right. Um, and families, I I don't suggest that you make your own timeline because. I can't really think of too many times I've seen the family put the right timeline together, but I do believe that families should put in a lot of inside. You know, if you're the type of family that says, "Hey, we we want to drink and party, so we want to do all of our speeches right. and formalities up front," tell us or tell your planner because that's important to know. You don't want to be ten drinks in and then you'll have to make a, a toast. You know, so think yeah. about that. Do your speeches toast earlier? Um, you know, with bar and bat mitzvahs. Sometimes we do the horror right up front with the grand entrance. Sometimes we do the horror after the candle lighting. There's not really a right or a wrong. Well, the cool part about the horror and what we found, uh, and what you know, you guys will obviously find is going to these events and starting to attend them, is that the horror is probably the one main excuse during the course of the event where you have just about everybody. Everybody, all ages. Yeah, so it's great. Your entire dance floor is packed. It's a great way to segue into a cool dance set or an interactive you know, routine or something to get everyone's attention at once. Because they're already laid up for you. Right, right. So, you know, who, who puts the timeline together? That's a big part of it. Is there anybody else that should be involved in it? So, we covered planners, venues, entertainment. Um, you know, I, I've had before, uh, you know, certain... And not so much on the on the mitzvah side, but, you know, on the wedding couple side where, um, you know, for, uh, for whatever reason, the couple has been super into the photos and the pictures. Yeah. So, you know, the photographer, like, getting the, the sunset shots or, like, the night shot, like, that was big for them. That's so. a big part of it for weddings. Yeah. With mitzvahs, especially if, you know, with mitzvahs, keep in the back of your mind, families, that, you know, when are you doing your family portraits? Are you doing them the day of? Are you going right from temple to the venue and right. then you have to do it during your cocktail hour? Or, you know, are you doing family pictures, you know, the Thursday before Temple? You know, there, there's a lot of elements that are going to figure out when your pictures could take place. You know, if you have an evening party, but a daytime service, build some time in the middle there for your family pictures. Right. Uh, but if you're going straight from Temple right to the party, and then you want to do, you know, a family photo shoot, you got, you know, 40 different out-of-town family members, chances are you're going to miss your cocktail hour. Yeah, and, and also, you know, just realize that, you know, the longer that... And it's not bad, but the longer that you go into these sorts of uh, of 
of you know activities at the event. It's taking away from the dance floor. It's taking away from the action. It's taking away from, like you said, you being the room, and which what we find as entertainers is a whole other thing because there's nothing like having your guest of honor in the room to party with them. Right. Once that's gone, you know, like people are like, okay, well, we're out here rocking for Zachary, but where's Zach? You so know? let's talk about cocktail hour because yep. I, I think that's a, a good transition point. Exactly with what you're saying, too. Mm-hmm. You know, first things first, think about your cocktail hour hosts and families that are listening. How much stuff do you have going on? How much right. food do you have available? Like, if you're trying to, you know, be conscious of budget and you're doing a, a small cocktail hour with, you know, a cheese platter, fruit platter, you know, not much, then you don't really want to have a full hour cocktail hour. I mean, there may not be a reason to have that full hour. You might need to do 30, 45 minutes, something like that. Right. Um, but if you're doing a huge and very impressive cocktail hour, and then you've got games for the kids, maybe there's a strolling magician, and you know we need to sign people up for airbrush station. Live musician, guitar player, violinist, whatever. And, and maybe you're at a venue that has an incredible outdoor area, and it's a beautiful spring day. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to have an hour and a half cocktail hour. I did Which at my wedding, before, yeah. and it was awesome. I mean... A lot of people love cocktail hours. We've had extended ca- cocktail hours for mitzvahs as well, too. You know, the, I think the adults really love cocktail hours. The kids, though, they need to be engaged. So that's where, you know, it comes back to the entertainment. We need to right. be doing stuff during cocktail hour to Something's gotta be going engage on. with the kids. You know, if, if they have no activities during that first even 60 minutes, we're in trouble. If you go to 90 minutes, yep. whole other ballgame. Uh, another thing you could piggyback onto that topic, Mike, too, is if if your cocktail hour is in a separate room or not. You know, maybe you're coming into the main room and the cocktail hour is actually in the event space room that you're doing the entire event in, in which case, that's where the timeline, you almost gotta mentally get people to check into a new atmosphere when it's time to really kick the party up, you know? Like, people are now gonna be in that main room for five hours as opposed to four, so they're not walking into a new atmosphere, so to speak. So that's, again, where he comes in as entertainers and timeline to space it out as best as possible to make people really appreciate and and enjoy the entire time in there, not where they're like, man, we've been in this room for forever. It's dragging, you know. Right. Um, let, let's talk about the length of parties because as I've been to a lot of parties in the Pennsylvania side with our new brands recently, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are four hour parties. You know, and we see a lot of that too in the North Jersey, New York as well too. Four hour events, man. Uh-huh. People are, and it's funny because we're back and forth. I was raised and learned and, and schooled on a five hour event, hour of cocktail, four hour reception. Um, but the four-hour event does feel like a sweet spot, right? Yeah, so my catering days, my answer to clients always was it depends on what you're doing. Right. Are you showing a 12-minute montage? Is dad making a 10-minute speech? You know, do you have a full candle lighting ceremony? Or are these things abbreviated? Well, that let's we'll be real. That's what that, that extra hour goes to. All those formalities Absolutely. take an hour. If you're doing three candles, past, present, future. Right. If you're not doing a montage or your montage is five minutes long and you're not making a long speech, you really did just save 30 minutes of time. And then your five-hour party, less that 30 minutes of formalities, really makes more sense to boil it back down. Um, And again, kind of a hint for budgetary reasons, if you're booking a daytime party, it's often less pricey than the evening party. If you could guarantee the venue that you're done by 5, 5.30... They have the ability to book an evening party. So you may have some bargaining power. And I remember doing that all the time when I was running the catering facility. That, you know, hey, you know, 
I'll give you a discount if you do four hours because it allows me to book a night party. Right. Um, and, and that's a big piece of the puzzle, too. Well, I mean, maybe, Mike, just getting, since you do have the, the catering background as well, do you have any advice for, I guess, our planners, our families that are listening um, when they are, you know, booking their venue, booking their event, and putting everything together timeline-wise, what what should they do to, to maybe not, not necessarily shoot down the, the stacking of everything up front, but to help their, their planner understand that, hey, we want to spread stuff out and, and not get steamrolled a little bit into, hey, this is our way, this is what we do. Not that it's bad. Are you talking about financially? Are you talking about... No, I'm, I'm talking about the actual flow of, of the event. Party? Yeah, like how can they, you know, if they sit down with, with you know, venue X and they're kind of giving them, hey, you know, we're going to go right from your first course into the main and then we'll get ready to, you know, uh, do the candles. I, and, I think it's and, actually oh, really easy. I think that, you know, as a family you have to say... Set your expectations from the beginning. Okay. You know, you have to tell the venue, hey, you know, I, I've been to parties where I feel like the food is being rushed. I want to spread it out. You know, you could say that and, and especially say it before you leave a deposit and maybe even in your contract it says, you know, time the food accordingly, you know. Um, and, and the other piece of it, like I did my wedding, they wanted us to have a four-course meal. I didn't want a four-course meal. I didn't, knew that was more time in our seats. Right. So I removed the appetizer that was included in my package. I said, just give me another appetizer during cocktail hour. And I removed the, I think, forget if it was a soup or a pasta that they were trying to serve. Right. I said, just don't serve it. I don't want it. You know, give me a mashed potato bar during cocktail hour instead. Whatever it was, get rid of those added entrees that, and I don't think too many venues are doing it right now, but, you know, the, the four or five course meal, who needs it? Well, shout out to, you know, some of our home bases here that do a really great job of it. Like, you know, Dave and Jay at Orem who have a, a cocktail hour event. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's... Such a, a aside from the food being tremendous, you know, to where you don't want to miss it, but they, well, they really keep it flowing. That's a great idea, you know, a great, great point. When you you have your cocktail hour there, which they have an amazing cocktail, and then you make your way upstairs, salad is preset, right? Sometimes people aren't keen on that, but there's a great reason to preset it. Number one, it doesn't take up any more time of the party. Like, guess, guess don't eat it instantly, they walk in and they're walking into a high energy dance party anyway. And you always say, Jordan, it's salad. It stays cold. It's not getting any colder. Right. You know? So let them pre-serve the salad. Um, and when, after we're done with that opening dance set, we send everybody their seats. Their salad is waiting for them. Yep. We always need five minutes, ten minutes of kind of transition time from that really high-energy intro into when you go into bread, wine, and candles. So let the guests enjoy the salad then. It makes great sense. Right. It also kind of encourages them to take their seats and sit in their seats if there's a meal order that needs to be taken. Staff can go around and ask, chicken, steak, fish, what did you order? You know, right. what would you like? Um, the alternative is all of a sudden we set everybody to their seats and now we have to start serving 100 plus people salad. And that takes 10, 15 minutes. Yep. So, you know, again, shout out to Dave and Jay. Getting the salad out early is a, is a benefit when it comes to running a longer dance party. And literally everything, man. Like just, you know, tapas style plates to walking around the entire event. Like you're literally on the dance floor, you turn around... And you got lamb in front of you, and you're like, "Great, let me grab my lamb chop." And it's it sounds crazy, but it it the it's not awesome. an actual lamb. Yeah, actual lamb. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I've seen Stranger Things, then, man. They got a barbecue pit and everything over there. Hey, this is the world of mitzvahs. It's 2020. Weirder, weirder things have <laughs> happened. It's gonna be. It's true. 
Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just to keep everything moving um, is such a, a cool way to go about it. And it keeps the energy. It keeps everybody in it. And, you know, again, more time for, you know, dancing and the activities, which is ultimately, thankfully, in our, in our area. And we might be talking, you know, completely... Uh, you know, a, a foreign language, if you're in another area, you know, witnessing bar and bar mitzvahs where it isn't so dance and activity related, and that's okay. But for us, we're fortunate enough, I think, to, to have that kind of uh, vibe going on here. Well, let's really go out of the box. And, you know, for you want to do a unique, different type of party, you really have to evaluate where your time is going to be spent. And uh, I, I don't think we talked too much about it on this podcast yet, but uh, the first week in September, I was involved in a pool party. Mm-hmm. Mitzvah pool party was that a country club? The kids were swimming, they were playing uh, horseshoes. And I remember play... time timeline was pretty crucial on that, like just as far because there were so many things going on. Yeah, but I think it was a three and a half hour party if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. which was more than enough. I mean, the kids played on all the games. We brought in all these boardwalk things, ski ball, air hockey. We had an airbrush artist, but there were no formalities. The, right. There was a maybe a, a two minute grand entrance and a ten minute candle lighting, and other than that, it was play around the pool and play with the activities. After three hours, it's enough. It's cool. Like, right. And um, it was Gabe's bar mitzvah. Gabe had the time of his life. It didn't feel rushed, and it also it didn't lag. You know, that's the other thing. So in that case, three and a half hours was perfect. And I think we did one similar to that uh, at Jumping for Country Club as well. That was where it was more game-related. Dancing yeah. wasn't really the forefront. But there was activities all over the main room. Uh, it was uh, boardwalk yeah. esque. Brett's um, boardwalk. Brett's boardwalk. There you go. And that was Memorial Weekend. Oh boy, four or five years ago. Okay, yeah. four or five. If you were gonna hit the exact day and year, I'd be yeah. like, man, you've been hanging out with Jamie too long. Yeah. Um, but it's just cool to see how you know the the people here timeline. I think they're. I feel like they're they're married to it. They're like from this time to this time. This has to happen. That has to happen. So that's why you know we try to encourage flexibility to know that hey, we will hit these bullet points. And we'll get it there, you know, based on your vision, but you got to allow some flexibility. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the opposite. Mm-hmm. When a family tries to pack too much, I'm going to use the one curse, shit into a, a five-hour day or four-hour yeah. day. You know, know your limits. Sometimes there's, you just physically cannot get all of this stuff done right. in four or five hours. So, Well, what do we equate it to? A great beginning? A middle and an end. You yeah. want to keep everybody rocking like a like a, a cool roller coaster ride. Ups and downs, ups and downs. So, one of those examples is is like when you bring in the Harlem Wizards or Globe Trotters. You know, right. we've worked with them many times, but they have a twenty minute show. Mm-hmm. So, where does that twenty minutes come from? Are you adding twenty minutes to the length of the party, or are you stealing twenty minutes from somewhere? Right. You might have stolen twenty minutes of dance time, or maybe you elect not to do a candle lighting. But if you're one of those families that wants the 20-minute basketball performance and then wants the 20-minute candlelighting and so on and so forth, Right, you just lost 20 minutes of dancing. And if you're looking to maximize that but still have the performance, there's something like the LED robot, which is a little bit less structured as far as, hey, I'm doing a you know half-hour show. It's I'm coming in for a half-hour to invade the dance floor right. and activate everybody with dancing That's and an pictures. enhancement to the dance floor. It's right. not a distraction from. And you can keep your, keep your flow rolling, right. you know what I mean, without having to, not deter, but without having to go into a completely right. auxiliary show that's going to happen. And, and, you know, what I said was not to knock the Wizards or the Globetrotters because, right. you know, that's a really fun and Super memorable cool. addition to a party. Especially if it plays right into the theme. Yeah. Um, but, you know, know, know what you're trying to pack into your party. And if you really want to get crazy, you bring Mini Kiss in, dude. We've had that too. We did that too. To where they came in and they actually sang like three or four, you know, Kiss songs, which 
required a whole now now you're taking a show but you're also incorporating their vocal tracks their music their sound so like you know there's prep time into that now so now it's not just a show that's hitting the dance floor where you got to press play on, on their specific tracks but they're setting up their drum kit right they're setting up their guitars so now you know they're walking into the event so on top of the maybe 10 minutes it was to prep you add another 20 or 30 so now you, you're at 40 minutes to prep for this act right that's a good point too you know yeah, I mean, this timeline topic, <laughs> I feel like it's something we butt our heads with in the office all the time. Yeah. Well, well, it's, I'm telling you, I told you, you know, we were talking about this with uh, with Dylan, who's been on the show, you know, a bunch of different times. I was talking about it with him last week, and, you know, he had an issue with a client where, um, you know, his timeline, so to speak, was, like we were saying, being flooded with the formalities and, you know, all the food right up front. And, you know, basically they, they were trying to leave him with like a two and a half hour dance set at the end. And he was just trying to explain that, you know, though he could appreciate what they're trying to do, he's like, that really doesn't set me up for success. And, you know, it kind of piggybacked me into into a topic that that's sensitive, but, you know, maybe we can shed a little bit of light, is that if you see that happening on the spot, like how like how should we... I was, I was just going to ask you, Jordan, I, I, let's, yeah. play, let's play role play here for a second. Uh-huh. But, you know... You go into a venue with a timeline, sometimes written and published and typed out, and sometimes it's just in your head because you've been doing this long enough. You know how to run a party. You know what the family's expectations are. When you walk into that venue, a new venue, not a place that you're at every single right. week, how do you approach the banquet staff and how do you ask them what their time – do you ask their timeline or do you give them yours? Like what normally happens? You know, I try my best to feel out who I'm working with, especially if it's a, a catering manager or a banquet captain that I've never met before. Um, you know, you still got to walk in with the respect that, hey, this is your house. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys do this week in and week out. Totally get it. Just like us. But, you know, it's almost a, like a seniority kind of thing. I'm in your place of business, you know. So I'll always – I'm always up for collaboration, so I'll be like, hey, you know, give me your rundown. What are you thinking? You know, because I have, I have a timeline from the client here, what they were kind of going back and forth with. Let's see if we can come together and come to terms and make this awesome. So, you know, if I start to feel like it's getting bombarded or, you know, it, it's being loaded up on one end with, with uh, you know, food and courses and, you know, formalities to where I'm going to get nailed at the end to have to really, really dig down deep into my entertainment arsenal, you know, and we say it all the time, I feel like we train for this, so... Does it, is it impossible for us to do? No, but does it make our job a little more challenging? Right. Absolutely. Um, you but just you, kind of, you, you do this up front. Like yeah. you walk in. Oh my God, absolutely. Right, right from the get. Yeah, go, exactly. Go right to who's in charge. And I just try to make life easy. Be like, hey, listen, I got a copy of my timeline. Do you, do you need a copy of it? Do you want to go back and forth? So let me ask you a different question now mm-hmm. along the same lines. Let's say you guys discuss the timeline. You agree. And then they start throwing curveballs. They're calling plays from the line, huh? Like, it's like al- this happens. Almost, this happens. Almost as if there was no conversation. You know? Yeah. They say dinner is going to be at 8 o'clock, and next thing you know, dinner, appetizers, and dessert is all smushed between 8 and 8.30. At that point, man, I gotta, I'm going to kind of go back and forth a little bit. I, I see where it's going, so I'm going to want to maximize my dance sets. So, perfect example. Uh, if, you know, the banquet hall is like, hey, you know, uh, do me a favor, right after this song, sit them down. Because you know we got we have mm-hmm. our course coming up or our main course we're gonna we're gonna serve, not a problem you know Denise uh, just just so you know the second I see that first tray come out of the kitchen, I'll sit everybody because then at that point are, are they really coming out after that next song are they not am I gonna sit everybody down and then there's another 10-15 minutes right of lag time so you know 
as very nice and politely as I can, I'll be like, hey, listen, not a problem, Denise. I got your back. We're totally on it. You know what? As soon as I see that first, you know, uh, banquet staff member come out of that kitchen with those trays, I'm sitting them down. Right. So I kind of meet in the middle, but I, I'm maximizing my... I use that exact approach yep. a couple weeks ago in a wedding, and I have five, probably five different waiters, waitresses come over. Hey, we're, we're about to serve. So I know. And then my eye is another, on that kitchen door. Another, another waiter comes out. We're about to serve. Again, I know. <laughs> I, but this went on for 10 or 15 minutes. Did you start to say I'm about to stop playing uh, music? They, that would have been a great answer. I'm about uh, to stop. They just they they thought they were ready, but they really weren't ready. And That's then so funny. As soon as their first plate came out, cut the song, That's ladies it. and gentlemen. At this time, I see it. Yep. And something like that goes such a long way because what you don't realize is that, you know, what... I feel like people are in it and they don't even realize it because they're like, all right, any minute, you know, food's coming. As professionals, I want to, you know, that's an extra 15 minutes on your floor. Right. You know, that's huge. I think there's one more thing we should talk about in this podcast. Is yeah. A lot of times families say they want a flow that's very um, smooth. They don't want all this choppiness and up and down. Up, down, yep. How do you maximize that? Again, this is something where I would bring the hall into it and suggest a, like a, a cocktail-styled party if they're not doing that, um, to where there's not so much. Okay, let's you know take our seats for this course and this meal, and you know, hey, ladies and gentlemen, folks, at this time, you know, the Schwartzmans, they're, they're rocking with you guys here today, and can't wait to bring all the action. The majority of our parties will be spent here on the dance floor at this time. We're gonna invite you guys at any point to make your way around to our you know amazing stations that we have for here for you. That's considered your main course. You guys can get to that now, and right. then you're shouting that out throughout the night so people get food as they as they're hungry, and you know you keep the flow, keep the action going. But again, I, I think that mixing up the dance vibes to where it's different styles of music. Uh, maybe you're peppering in like a, a cool, you know, game. Like we do an interactive game called Kahoot to where even if they are sitting down, it's the opportunity to get kids and adults involved. Right. Um, that's such a great game because, you know, you don't have to be a 13-year-old kid to be a part of it. You can literally be, right. be sitting in the back of the room and dialed in. So you're doing something, you know, so. So I, I, I'm kind of thinking about our flow and I, uh -huh. I guess I've never given it this level of thought, but most bar abundances that we do, we have three or four dance sets. Um, and they're lengthy. The, the first one is the second you walk into the room, the, the room is open. It's high energy. We're, we're talking at least a half hour of straight dancing, 35 yeah, minutes. So that, that's yeah. dancing, grand entrance, and continuing. Might not sound like a lot, guys, but that just rolling with that, it's, 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 it gets up there. So, so here's a way to eliminate choppiness. You yeah. Know, you got 30 or 40 minutes of dancing up front, in, including the grand entrance. Mm -hmm. Then everybody goes to their seats. Blessings, bread, wine, candle lighting. Now the horror comes back. That's the first song to re-energize the dance floor. Everybody comes out for the horror. Let's keep that going another 30, 40 minutes now before dinner because you get sat for 20 minutes, 30 minutes right. of ceremony. So it's dance for 30 or so, sit for 30 or so. Now you're back dancing for 30 minutes before you sit for dinner. Right. While seated for dinner is the perfect time for parents to make any speeches or toasts do a parent dance and show a montage. Not necessarily in that order, right? but the whole idea is guests are already in their seats. Let's eliminate the up-down, okay? So so multitasking. Not only is everybody yeah, sitting, but you're knocking out important be able, formalities. You should be able to put a fork of food in your mouth and watch montage. That's it. Time. That's um, it. Then when that is complete, reopen the dance floor. And here's where it's three or four dance sets, because this is your third dance set now. Dance either straight through to the end or dance until dessert, kind of break a little bit for dessert, and then continue. Right. And I, I hardly ever break for dessert these days. I, 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 we just change it up. 
and it depends on the venue. Some of the venues, you physically have to leave the room to go get dessert. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's going to be a break. But the venues like Orem, to use an example again. We're showing mad favoritism. Yo, shout out to Orem on this podcast, man. You guys got it. But, you know, they they invade the dance floor with desserts, and they don't want us to stop. The music keeps going. And Uh, it looks cool. I mean, the displays are these cool, like... Trendy rolling carts, like it's not like a schlock right. kind of. Pre- I mean, it looks. It's like, ooh, what, what is that over there on that cool thing that looks like you know steel fire? And but you know you what's know, interesting? Like, I mean, we're, we're giving all these props to Orem, but yeah. there's so many other. I think about Palms Plaza, who's been doing this for many, many, many years. They have a similar approach. You they know, wrote they wrote the, the book on the mobile. Right. They bring you know, the event. dessert right into the main room. Mm-hmm. They they surround the outside of the dance floor. Sometimes, sometimes. If you haven't had Alan's room. orange sorbet, whoo. That's but, what's up, man. I mean, we're, we're not here to, like, you know, put all of our venues on pedestals, but that's another example of you don't have to stop for dessert. Now, in those cases, I might switch up the music a little bit. That might be my opportunity to play more sing-along stuff that I wouldn't have gotten or maybe ballads or something that the family wants that is just not so danceable. Right. But the energy is still there. Even uh, a place like, uh, you know, B'nai Tikva, where, you know, Rob and Evan, like, when we get ready to show the montage or play a game on the dance floor, they're passing out popcorn. Yeah. You know, like, hitting the kids with, with and that's something from the venue, just, you know, keeping it fun, and everybody loves popcorn, so the kids are into it, and at that point, they also encourage us, before we start, that if the adults want to, they can hit the photo booth, they can, you know, uh, you know grab pictures with each other, mingle, hit the bar, so the adults aren't pigeon-held to sitting in that in, right. in their seat, but we have the kids, which is really where the organization goes over the next couple of minutes, where you got to get those kids. They already got it for us. Right. So, so uh, the last thing to hit on a uh, timeline-related podcast is anything you're doing, host and hostess, listeners, do for the duration of the party. Like, don't allow a photo booth to break down early, you right. know. Or set up late. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen it, and our company won't do it, but we've been there where a client will hire their own photo booth, and, the guy shows up late and leaves early and says, I was only contracted for two hours. It's disruptive. And yeah. that that's what it comes down to. You know, don't like a magician you could hire for a couple hours and right. he might just sneak out. You wouldn't know. Right. But don't have anything that's disruptive set up or break down in the middle of a party. Yeah. And especially if you're you're having an event too with a, a large amount of guests, like kids, adults, stuff like that. This also dials back to our other cast that we had a week or two ago based on dancers. This is where you should fuel that staff with the right amount of people to keep those kids engaged, to keep them up to where it's like, hey, you know, it felt like the party stopped. Well, if you have, you know, 150 kids and you've only booked, you know, two entertainers on that to take care of them, yeah, some are probably hanging out at, you know, across the street because they've, they've dipped out because we don't have the proper amount of personnel to, you know, accommodate that. Yeah, so there's a lot that, like, kind of intertwines. But timelines, again, like Mike was saying, you know, it's got to feel good. If it feels right... You know, you're, you're on the right path and, you know, spreading everything out, keeping it moving, keeping it fun. Um, you know, cocktail style platters, that's that's what we're seeing right here now uh, to where it's a cocktail influenced event um, and it really keeps stuff moving. So, again, if you guys have any additional questions or, you know, ideas on, on timelines or if you've experienced something cool with a timeline, we'd love to hear about it. Um, hey, yeah, I know you're about to, I, just something just hit me, yeah. you're about to close it up. But no, go for it. Um, the one thought that I have here is... When the family member, the host, comes over to you and starts throwing curveballs and mm-hmm. the timeline is all of a sudden in jeopardy based on their changes, you know, uh, I guess what I want to say is, you know, to the hosts that are listening, let us do our jobs. Let us yeah. run the party the way we need. If you need a, cha- a curveball, a change, an adjustment, let us know. 
but let us figure it out. I, I mean, I remember a, a party that we actually had to hold the montage and keep guests in their seats because the uncle was lost. He just didn't get there in time. And it was one of those things that, you know, dad was really insistent that we waited for the grandpa or whoever it was to be there. Right. And we waited and we waited and we waited. And was he, he kept saying, they'll be here in two minutes, they'll be here in two minutes. But, you know, we had this 15 minute of awkwardness of yeah. not knowing what to do. So in that case, I would have said, you know, you have 150 other guests. Let them enjoy the mantos. Let's go back to dancing. So, you know, we try to be chameleons. We try to change on the fly. Right. But sometimes this plan was set for a reason. Yep. And we got to stick with it. And to piggyback on that, you know, just another, you know, story just because it went off the back of my head. Um, you know, I've had times where we know, you know, obviously as parents and as guardians, you guys love your kids. We love your kids. We want to be a part of this day. But at a certain point, again, like Mike was saying, you got to rely on your professionals. You know, I, I've had families before that have pretty much allowed for like a candle lighting all of a sudden their daughter to call the shots. And, you know, this young lady chose to say for some reason, she's like, hey, I really want to read, you know, while everybody's coming up. So it really doesn't allow for the music to be played. And then we had to do uh, montage clips mm -hmm. featuring the family, which were supposed to start when she started reading. So like... Again, like when you put all this time and effort into designing a, a cool way to do your candles or a cool way to do your intros or, you know, a cool way to do your hora and you settle on that, stick with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it really allows for the, the, the best of, you know, what is supposed to happen to happen. It'll look great to your guests. It'll feel great to you guys. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, happy parties all around. So. And before one of us come up with another idea, let's tie this one up. <laughs> All That's right. the part of the podcast. Yeah. It's just off the top of our head. That's it. We, we just go. Chat about, you know, topics on mind and hopefully we're educating some people out there. And uh, It's super real. It's super real. It, and, so. and, and what we'll actually try to do, uh, you know, Mike and myself, uh, in just about a week's time, uh, we're heading out to uh, the Scottsdale, um, Arizona. Yeah, Scottsdale, Arizona for uh, the DJ Collective. Super, super humbled and blessed to be a part of this super elite uh, entertainment conference that uh, is going down in Scottsdale, as Mike said. So uh, maybe we, we take our gear out there and, and have a little podcast out there. Sure, there's plenty of pros there that we could get a real conversation. I think we, we could probably bang out five or six episodes we in could. one sitting here. Yeah, you know, and thankfully they'll all be in one room. So, you know, shouts out to that, and uh, we're looking forward to that. So uh, we want you guys to have a great weekend. Enjoy. Drop all your comments in the uh, uh, below, and if you guys have any uh, episodes or topics you want us to hit, Please, please let Mike and myself know. Uh, you can check us out for uh, all things Explosive Entertainment at xeevents.com uh, and all social media outlets for Explosive Entertainment. Have a great weekend, guys, and uh, we'll see you. Peace.